We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffen. And tonight on Saturday, March 6th, the day before the NBA All-Star Game, uh, co-host Kamiar Marabian and myself went live on the Locker Room app to talk a little bit about the Thunder in the NBA. We wanted to do just like a little 30-minute show uh, since there hasn't been a Thunder game in a couple of nights. So I wanted to post that here on the podcast feed for you all who who listen to the podcast uh, instead of checking us out live so you could hear this conversation. Uh, it's only about 30 minutes long, so I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, before I patch you over to that audio, though, wanted to let you guys know that our typical Sunday show that happens Uh, tomorrow, March 7th, it's probably when you're listening, March 7th, the day of the All-Star Game, instead of our live feed starting at 9 p.m. like normal, we are instead going to fire it up uh, directly after the conclusion of the All-Star Game. So if that's 9.15, 9.30, just know that we are still definitely going live. We will be on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So come hang out, get in the chat, ask some questions. And then also wanted to remind you guys to download the Locker Room app if you haven't already. We will be going live there after every Thunder game for our post-game show. We will be taking questions live in the Locker Room app. Uh, so if you have questions you want to ask, you can actually come on the pod and ask questions. You can listen to the, the post-game live on Locker Room. And then we will also rip that audio and drop it here in the podcast feed for you guys like we always do. 
it's just a, a the locker room app is a cool way for you guys to be able to interact and be part of the podcast instead of just listening to us you can also come on stage and talk ask questions interact with us and we've been having an absolute blast with it so far we've only done two games but it's so much fun so we will be doing that uh, starting or not starting but continuing next week so be on the lookout for that as well with that being said, I'm going to patch you over to Call Me Our Nice conversation from tonight. All right, so Call Me Our, first thing I think we need to talk about is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Two-time snub. A two-time snub? He did not make the All-Star game. And then he did not make the replacement for the All-Star game. The re- Wait, the replacement for the replacement. As Mike Conley, we found out Friday evening, uh, Mike Conley got the nod to take the place of Devin Booker, who is not going to be at the All-Star game, uh, in place of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Now, Kamiar, you looked at, looked up some stats today and had tweeted them out. I don't know if you have those queued up right now or if you can get them queued up. But give me your thoughts on Conley over Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or you could even argue Conley over John Morant or DeMar DeRozan or Brandon Ingram or whoever. But give me your thoughts on on Conley making the All-Star game uh, and what the argument for Shea getting in should have been. I mean, realistically, I think about this. I mean, Conley it seems like the, the most charity pick of all time for for the All-Star team, doesn't it? It's, it's like this is more charity than Damian Lillard, like basically begging um, in the on Twitter, like in the you know, after and the post game and stuff like that. Doesn't this seem like very charitable from the NBA? Yes, this feels like there's a lot of talk about Conley. He's been good this year. The narrative is, is he's never made an All-Star game. So let's put him in. Yeah, and I think that's like I think that's all. I think it's fine, cool, whatever. Like let him, whatever. It's sure, great. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, but what I think is garbage is like there are so many more deserving players uh, than Mike Conley. Like, is he on the best team in the West right now? Yes. Um, is he the number one or number two guy on that team? No. Um, so like when people suggest that, hey, um, let's look at his stats and like use his per 36 stats while knowing Shea is going to have better per 36 stat, per 36 stats. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't think Mike Conley would be putting up the numbers that Shea is putting up on this OKC team. I mean, Mike Conley is maybe a better defender, uh, but only for guards like himself. Shea is kind of a guard slash forward because of how tall and how long he is. Um, so Mike Conley is a better defender, but he can't do the things that Shea is doing right now with this Thunder team. I don't think at all as the, as the, like the solo piece, do I think that Oklahoma city has like 14 or whatever, how many wins they have now, uh, with Mike Conley as, as the point guard without George Hill, without everybody else. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think he played good defense, but you don't have any step back threes. You're not finishing between three guys. Uh, it's, it'd be a lot different approach. And so, I mean, like Conley's per 36 stats are like not, not 20 points a game. That's about seven assists and four rebounds. But he is shooting 44% in, uh, from the field and 42% from three. But if you compare that with, like, let's look at Shea's 2019 per 36, 19.7, exact same amount. So 20 a game, three and a half assists, six rebounds. And then you compare it with this year's Shea Gillis-Alexander, you know, 
uh, per 36, 24 and a half points a game, six and a half assists a game, five and a half rebounds a game, uh, 51% from the field and 41% from three. So like the stats all suggest Shea. And like, if you want to say like plus minus that I think is BS considering Mike Conley is going to have a way bigger plus minus considering he plays on the best team in the West right now. So like plus minus is such a BS stat to list there. It's like plus plus minus is dependent on who you're on the court with on your team. Right. Right. And you look at Conley's supporting cast versus Shea's supporting cast. And it's nice. Shea was, and Shea was still almost better last year Mm -hmm. in a similar situation. And, and here's the thing. I think people will argue um, well, Conley is on the better team, and and people guard them harder and take them more seriously. No, <laughs> like Shea got triple teamed against the Spurs. Exactly, like the, Conley's the best, not getting triple teamed. The best defender on the team playing the Jazz is not guarding Mike Conley. They're guarding Donovan Mitchell, right? Like right. Conley is like the second or the third or the fourth threat in that offense. Like Shea's numbers, yes, are on a bad team, but Shea's being guarded by the best perimeter defender every night because he's the best player on the team. Do you think other teams take Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles more serious than guarding Mike Conley? Um, Probably, and and if not um, Joe Ingles, then definitely a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, Yeah. Right? So Conley is like what, number what on that team as far as threats? Offensive threat? I think I would put him... I think you could argue three or four. Is does he come behind? He definitely, I think, is behind um, Donovan and Rudy Gobert. And then you start to get in the argument of uh, our team's more afraid of Boyan Bogdanovich or Mike Conley, right? Also, um, I mean, Shea's just a better player in general. Like, take out the stats, take out the per thirty six, take out the plus minus. Shea, just look at the eye test. Shea is better. Is he is he as good defensively as Mike Conley? No, he's not. Is he as versatile? Uh, or is Mike Conley as versatile as Shea? No, he's not. So like, there's there's things that you could say yes and no, but to say that to make to say that like it's a legitimate argument, um, in that because that you could say Mike Conley would be in over Shea just by pure talent or numbers is false that's not true you we, we've all seen them play but i think it's a cool nod to mike conley for letting him finally get in uh before he basically ages out of the nba uh but i do think uh, it of course is a snub but do i really care about it no because yeah i guess shay gonna make several more in his career likely yeah no i agree and i, I love the point that you brought up on like would conley be putting up shay numbers on this oklahoma city team that's an interesting argument and i really enjoyed that and then I also enjoy flipping that. Would Shea be putting up these same numbers if he was playing for the Utah Jazz? If, if you swapped those two players, how do their numbers change? Uh, Shea, Shea, might, Shea, Shea yeah. might score less, but I think he would be even more efficient. And I think you'd see those assist numbers go up. Like if Shea was on that Utah team, who do you want handling the ball uh in most half-court situations? Do you want Shea or, or Donovan Mitchell? I feel like Shea would still average something what he did last year considering the tank the team he was on with cp3 dominating ball mm-hmm. and then you have Danilo gallinari and a bunch of other dudes on that team that were worth worth talking about uh i feel like his role would be similar to last year but also considering like the step forward he took maybe like at times being the dude with jordan clarkson running uh that that bench lineup that would be pretty fun yeah but i i it's 
good for Mike Conley, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I think if Shea was on that Utah team, I think you play Donovan Mitchell off the ball, kind of like a Devin Booker type role, and you let Shea handle the ball and let Shea create like he has been. And if you gave him a lob threat like like Rudy Gobert, it's over. I mean, we've been talking about this, Kamiar, and I, you know, I tweeted it again during uh, the the Spurs game. Shea makes some incredible passes uh, whenever his big man actually rolls to the basket. And if you could get him a legitimate pick and roll partner, a pick and roll threat, not just a pick and pop guy, I think you see him get two more assists a game just off of lobs alone. I would love to see him get a pick and roll threat uh, to play along with him. So, but yeah, Shea misses out this year. Uh, Mike Conley gets in. Good for Mike Conley. You know, he's like 50 years old. And uh, Shea has a ton of all-star opportunity ahead of him, I think. Uh, at this point, uh, I I would be very surprised if he's not a multi-time all-star in the NBA. Um, if, if we had to set an over-under number for all-star appearances for Shea's career uh, at this point, Kamara, what would you put it at? Three and a half. I think that's an interesting number. I. I think that's probably a good number. I might take the over though. Like I think this, I if he keeps progressing the way he does, you know, and the challenge is again that the All Star. I'm just looking. Games, I'm just looking at the West in general, yeah, though. Exactly, and the All Star Game is a popularity contest. Like Braun's right? going to be retiring in the next three years. Uh, the West is still going to be good, but then again, like we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you see a lot of talent, like the, the East is rising, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might see more might, might see more guys heading towards the East side. So it really just depends on what the league looks like in five years, honestly. Yeah. No, I think that's fair, for sure. Um, okay, well, we're only going to stay here for about 30 minutes. We're 10 minutes in. So that means uh, 20 minutes left. Let's switch topics here uh, and let's talk about, uh, let's jump to an NBA wide topic. And that is drugs. um, (laughs) Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. We could do that. Uh, or, you know, all the parties these guys are going to go to in Atlanta in, uh, in the next night or so. Hotlanta, ATL. Oh, yeah. That's um, where Dennis Schroeder beat up a guy that then played in OKC. That is true. Uh, beat the shit out of him out of a outside yeah. of a bar. I believe it wasn't just Dennis. It was him and his friends, guys. But I'd everything's like think- fine. Everything's fine now. He's got a kid. He did what he had to do with that situation, and now he's playing in Los Angeles, having a good time. I would like to think that when Schroeder beat that guy up outside of the bar, he did like the classic movie move where you take the um, the beer bottle and you smash it, yeah, and then, like you use it as a shank, yeah. That'd be pretty dope. I don't know. If, I don't know if Shooter would do that. He didn't seem like that guy. Uh, I bet Sh- Shooter seems like a knife guy. You, you think so? I bet so. I I pictured him as like a face kick guy because he loves soccer because he's European. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I he bet also he bought good. he bought some stock or some ownership in some. Uh, does he have a part of a ownership in a team in the German? Yeah, league? he owns a ger- uh, a German professional basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty cool. Uh, no, the the league wide thing I wanted to chat about the Blake Griffin buyout, right? Uh, he, he gives, I'm so I'm so upset. He gives Detroit back 13 million dollars uh, to not be in Detroit anymore. Uh, does not obviously does not get traded. The Thunder were at the top of those trade lists that like the betting sites made right for the the highest odds on where he would end up at. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. He becomes a free agent. And is a gun for hire for any team in the league. Uh, you know, lists have come out on who has like interest in him and whatnot. But if you had to make like a a, a list, Kamiar, of these three teams, one of these three teams is where Blake Griffin will end up playing at in the next week. Um, what 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 does your list contain? What three teams are on that list? I mean, it, at this point, doesn't it just feel like we should just only be talking about the Nets right now? Yeah, it kind of does, you know, yeah. like you can make a list of three, but then the Nets probably go to the top of that. So then, so let's, let's switch that then not where he'll end up, but what team do you think he would fit the best on and, and be the most fun on? If you had to make a list of those teams again, probably the Nets, that'd be really fun considering like, like Blake Griffin has been sandbagging for the last however many years of his career, knowing in Detroit, knowing he's not going to win a title. And don't be surprised when he ends up on the Knicks and he ends up in Brooklyn that he suddenly is able to uh, hop out the gym again. Uh, Kind of, uh, yeah. I was going to reference another player that... uh, Oh, I was thinking of Reggie Jackson whenever uh, that season... Tears of Joy. Yeah, the the plague season whenever they traded Reggie, but um, he said he was too injured to play, but then was like throwing down windmill dunks at practice. You know what a pansy. Maybe Blake will pull something like that. Um, I was listening to a uh, friend of the podcast um, on, on his podcast, Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports Celtics blog. Uh, he had a very fun Blake Griffin team that I think makes a little bit of sense in the Phoenix Suns. Blake's ring chasing though. 
You think he yeah. would, you think he would ring chase with the Suns with CP3 and DeAndre Ayton or I, I think he'd probably, and Kyrie? Yeah, I think he would realize that he wouldn't get a ring in, in Phoenix, but I just think the fit there is fun, right? I don't think his, he's going to go to Phoenix, but I think the fit there would make a little bit of sense. His mom would totally fit in the crowd, 100%. <laughs> She's like super pasty white and has like really flaming red hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she would totally, like they would accept her at least, the Boston people. Yeah, no. Um, I think I think Phoenix would be a fun a fun place for him. I don't think that's where he'll end. I mean, it's up, a it's I, a fun it's a fun thing to talk about because Phoenix is going to be fun to watch in the playoffs with CP three. And you have Devin Booker. You have Michael Bridges. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been really good. Um, Jay Crowder, and then you add in like a dude that is finally going to take off. Like, like you know, Piccolo takes off his uh, training weight before he actually gets into a real fight. Uh, so you're gonna see Blake Griffin actually shed like his BS braces uh, that he doesn't actually need, and you're I gonna just, see him start hopping out. Like seriously, yeah, Blake Griffin's no. actually gonna start playing at a high level again. I I just goes. had this thought. I I'm imagining Blake Griffin showing up to the Brooklyn f- practice facility, uh, like that moment when um, Piccolo fused with calming. He's like, I feel great. I feel alive. And then I he can gets do there. Anything. Exactly. Like that's, that's Blake Griffin getting out of Detroit. And then like, and then it, it's like that. And then he gets to Brooklyn and Katie's just came off of a couple of gnarly injuries and he still looks way better than Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think we kind of expected that from Blake's career though. Right. Like it was so predicated off athleticism that, but then you know, like the he started, he, he started to really like change his game though like he's yeah he, he became a really good passer he became very good at using his, his other hand as far as being uh, uh what's the word ambidextrous he started and shooting the ball well he started shooting the ball well and doing really well from the free throw line so like earlier on yeah like he couldn't go left uh and so he changed his game up to where he was more uh than just a dude that was gonna dunk uh and so like i think he's aged pretty well just he was sent to the Freaking Detroit Pistons when he was promised to be a Clipper for life. I bet he's they still has a couple. Of, I, I bet he still has a couple of good years left in him. To be quite honest, especially if he's going to be competing for titles. Yeah, I think the big thing is he has to prove that uh, he can be valuable defensively. And so, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but that'll be interesting nonetheless. Okay, let's do one more Thunder topic before we get out of here, Kamiar. Alexei Pokushevsky has been recalled to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I don't really understand why they recalled him because the, the the Blue played their last game in the bubble, a, a regular season game today. I, I, can't, I don't know if they made the playoffs or not, but it was their last game anyways. But Poku, back in Oklahoma City, getting ready for when the team returns next week. Uh, the Thunder will play on Thursday, March 11th, which is the one-year anniversary of the league getting shut down uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Rudy Gobert sucks. Yeah, so Poku, Poku <laughs> will be back. Uh, call me out. We didn't watch a ton of G League basketball, but we saw a lot of the highlights and followed along with, with Poku's stat line, at least. What do you expect from him coming back to the NBA now after his G League bubble, or as the kids are calling it, the gubble, which I absolutely hate, <laughs> That makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it it it's like a mixture of a, a bubble and a gobble. Yeah, um, it makes it sounds like some disease that like a turkey gets. Uh, the, he's the gobble. He's got the gobble. Oh, don't man, don't he's eat got that the turkey. Gobble. Don't he's eat got that the gobble. Yeah. Or uh, or you might pardon that turkey on Thanksgiving if you're the president because he has the gobble. 
Yeah, that is that is very true. Yeah. No one wants to carve up the gobble turkey. Nope. Um, what do you what do you expect to see from Poku now that he's coming back to the NBA? Um, it's kind of like what don't I expect to see? Um, any more Justin Jackson now that Pokashevsky is back on the back with the team? Touche. Uh, uh, but looking at like what to expect from him after he played well in the bubble, but also he had like, you know, more Pokashevsky moments. Like he's still a he's still a rookie and he's still younger than the guys that are not even rookies yet. And so like, did he look better because he was just taller and longer than pretty much everybody else in the bubble? Yes. Will he have moments where he looks like a legit NBA player because he looked like a legit NBA player in the G league. So like, it looks like he got more confidence in his jump shot and what he wanted to do. Yeah. When you practice around a lot of guys uh, for a lot of hours and you play a lot of games with them, especially like in one central area, you tend to develop chemistry and you start to look a lot more comfortable and a lot better. And also I'm sure the game is a little bit slower when you have a teammate named Moses that you guys are just wreaking havoc on the other team's paint. Uh, so I honestly don't expect anything more than what we've seen already is more of an, an inconsistent player, kind of like Baisley. Uh, Maladon Teo, uh, I mean, like, he's inconsistent, but, like, is still consistently going to do some good things for you. Uh, he's, you're, you're not going to see 12 and 11, right? Uh, and you look at Lou Dort, he is, like, getting consistent, which is really, really nice. But then you look at Poku, I mean, and Poku's in the same boat as Baisley, where you might have some pretty good plays from from Poku, um, but then you also have some really really bad ones. Um, yeah. And it's like Bays has good games and bad games. Poku, it, he he doesn't really have good games or bad games. He has good plays and bad plays. Yeah, I was about to games. say Poku's consistency isn't like Baisley's where it's game yeah. to game. It's, it's play like minute to minute. Yeah, yeah. And so I honestly don't expect to see anything different after the bubble. He might have more confidence. Uh, the game is going to immensely speed up again once he gets back to uh, OKC um, with the, the actual team. Uh, because, like, listen, he's like seven foot something, and he's going to keep growing. He needs to add more muscle. And you said you wanted him to play him at the three. We've seen him play at the three. He shouldn't be playing at the five, so he's going to be playing at the three and the four. He does have handles. I really like that. Um but he's just going to be so inconsistent this year. He's going to be inconsistent next year. He's going to take leaps. Sure, he's going to look good. Um, but if anybody's expecting to see him like do some really awesome stuff that we saw in the G League bubble or the Gubble, as we've as we've noted that that's what some people are calling it, uh, you're out of your mind. That game was incredibly slow. Ty Jerome was averaging like 20 points a game. Moses Brown and uh, Alexei Pokashevsky were just killing it. You're not going to see any of that. You're going to see Poku maybe getting frustrated with himself sometimes because guys that are like 60 pounds heavier than him are much faster, much more skilled than him. So just looking for more growth. That's all I'm looking for. More looking for confidence, looking for um, fundamental defense. That's all I'm really looking for, and that's all I care about. Definitely. So Blaine Buchanan in the chat says Poku seems like he's starting. The game is starting to slow down a bit for him. Uh, he's getting more and more comfortable on the floor. And I, I hope, agree with the G League. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think bumping back up to the NBA, um, the game will, will be faster than the G League for sure. I'm hoping that you start to see signs that maybe he's getting a little more comfortable, though. And 
the game will still be fast, but is it not as fast as it was before for him? But you hit on something in there, Kamiar, that I think is really significant in the fact that he built chemistry with those guys down in the mm-hmm. G League. The, the, his first week in the G League, he struggled. I mean, right? I, hear it's, I hear it's an easy thing to build chemistry with people named Moses. I mean, like, <laughs> they're just like with arms wide open, you know? <laughs> Um, that was my creed voice. So Scott stat. I think that whenever he gets back with the thunder, it's going to take him a while to build chemistry with those guys again. But I think once he starts getting there, maybe we start to see him progress a little bit. Right. And like you mentioned, I'm not looking for him to be some like insane, like make a rookie of the year oh, yeah. or anything like that. I just want to see once they get back, give him two or three weeks. And I want to see things that just show me that he's grown from back in. Well, December, it's interesting. January. How many games, how many weeks have they been gone? It's been like a, almost a full month, I think. I so think they've spent all February in the bubble. And that's what I'm saying. Pokashevsky and all those dudes left. And then OKC with Mark Degnall, they really started to learn what their lineups are. And so like you, you've, you've decided like what Teo Maladon is going to do. You've decided Hamadou Diallo is going to be a, basically your kick off the bench and like average you 15 points off the bench or something like that. He's averaging double digits off the bench. And so like you really start to solidify lineups. And so you're now going to throw them back in the shuffle. And so like, what does that look like? And uh, they're playing a lot faster because they feel more, much more comfortable in the season. And I know they do a lot of the same things they do in the G league. Uh, and as they do in the actual, in the association for OKC's perspective, they do. But again, the game is still, markedly slower in the G league and they run things a little bit differently. And so like, I'm just looking for baby steps. I'm just looking for him to just get immersed and just to make good plays here and there. Uh, but he's still going to struggle. And and again, like he's being thrown back into the thick of things. I don't know like how, if he's going to resume those minutes after he gets back, considering again, that you've had Roby playing a lot of minutes. You had Muscala playing a lot of minutes. You've, you might I don't know. You're just not going to see any more Justin Jackson is what I feel like is going to happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And like you said, I want to see baby steps as well. Uh, I want to see that handle a little bit tighter. I want to see a little bit more playmaking. Um, I want to see a little more aggression as far as like driving to the basket, getting fouled, uh, and just see that shooting percentage slowly start to climb up, right? You just if you start seeing a little bit of those things here and there and they become more consistent, you've got to consider it a success, right? Because again, we did not expect much from him this year. So all right, Kamyar. Well, we're gonna go ahead and hop out of here. The NBA All-Star game comes up uh, in about 24 hours, a little less than 24 hours, actually. Uh, and we will be live on our normal scheduled weekly YouTube Twitter and Facebook feed Sunday night. Instead of starting at 9 p.m. Central Time sharp, though, we will be starting uh, right at the conclusion of the All-Star game. We'll tweet out those links and everything. So make sure you guys jump on YouTube or Twitter tomorrow. Hang out with us. Get your questions in on the chat. Sunday nights, one of my favorite nights of the week. Um, I love hanging out with the uncontested dudes, and then we get everyone in the chat, and it's just a great time. So make sure you come and you join us. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. I have a very fun segment scheduled for us tomorrow that Ooh. i think is going to be uh i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it Tommy. i'm excited i'm so. not excited because you said i had to do a lot of homework and <laughs> not like, a lot of homework i like you know you said we had to do a significant amount of homework and i'm over here trying to enjoy this weekend after like we just had you know 
freaking I don't know who's the guy that Jack Frost comes Shout through. Jack Frost. Jack freaking Frost, and it's like, oh, it's a nice weekend. Hey guys, here's some homework. Thanks. Just do like thirty minutes tonight. It's dark. Hey, it's a little chilly out. What do you hey. What do you do for a living, by the way? I give out homework for a living. We both do. You give out more homework than me, though, because you teach AP. So don't get on my ass. Yeah, but I don't. I don't assign it on Saturday evening, buddy. <laughs> touche, touche. All right. Well, make sure you guys jump on with us uh, Sunday night, right after the All Star Game. We will tweet those links out. We will be live on YouTube. So come hang out, enjoy your your evening with us. And then we will have uh, our next post-game show live right here on Locker Room Thursday night after the Thunder take on, once again, the Dallas Mavericks. So until then, you guys enjoy your nice weather. Don't do your homework. That's not what Comier is going to do. And we will see you soon. Until then, Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.